on the viewpoint. He promised to come back, and he is back. But we had to make sure we could tell his powers. The last time he was on air, he was taking over as a hashtag Tuesday Takeover guest. Now he is back, and I'm talking to Dr. Khosile Tlape, ophthalmologist and harm reduction advocate. Smoking cigarettes is the most harmful form of consuming nicotine, and it is the duty of government, industry, and society to ensure that smokers have access to less harmful nicotine products. Our next guests argue that South Africa's approach to regulating less harmful nicotine products should include a review of the scientific evidence and best practices from other countries that are making rapid progress in reducing smoking rates and improving the health profile of their societies by incorporating harm reduction into their tobacco control strategies. In many respects, then, this conversation, albeit specifically related to smoking and nicotine products, it does dovetail with the previous conversation with Dr. Andrew Scheiber. But now to lead that discussion is somebody who's no stranger to this very platform. Two weeks ago, he was here. Dr. Khosile Tlape is soon to be on the line. In fact, he is on the line. Doc, good evening. Uh, good evening. How are you? I'm well, uh, thank you. The Excellent. Good to have you back. How does it feel now to be answering questions instead of asking them? Uh, it's always good to be of help. I remember that I've been a doctor all my life. And my patients have always asked questions. Excellent. It's something that I'm accustomed to. No, beautiful. Then let me not try and take too much of your time because I think you sort of get the gist of what we are trying to achieve in this show from your listening of the previous caller, as well as to continue from where you left off in your conversations with your colleague in academia. Let's talk harm reduction approaches. You are an advocate for that. Let's have a conversation just to bring the listeners in exactly what that means. Well, harm reduction, it means exactly that, literally. Uh, things or behaviors that harm us, are there any mitigation, mitigating steps that we could take to reduce the harm? Whether it's an epidemic like HIV and AIDS, use of condoms to reduce the harm, whether it's being addicted to heroin, whether you could be given a methadone to reduce it, whether you're getting HIV through needles, needle exchange programs. But particularly tonight, we'd like to concentrate on harm reduction in relation to tobacco. Because remember that combustible cigarette mm. will kill one in two of its users in a lifetime. And it causes the greatest preventable harm in medicine. Wow, that, that's, that's heavy. One in two people who smoke yes. will die from nicotine-related no, no, not from nicotine, from, from combustible cigarette-related problems. I see, I see. Critical from distinction. From the many chemicals that are produced by combustion. And I'm glad that you said nicotine. Because nicotine is just a stimulant, and it's not what they die from. As I said last week, there's a South African called Michael Russell, a uh, professor who was in England. Uh, and, and he, in 1976, said that people smoke for the, nicot- for the nicotine and they die from the tar, tar being the total aerosol uh-huh. residue. Very well. Listeners, we are in conversation with Dr. Jose Letlapi, specifically if you are a smoker. This is not to out you. This is not in any way supposed to belittle you. Can we just engage in a conversation as to 
how you have tried to quit smoking, have not been able to quit smoking, the reasons that you have to continue smoking, or anything that you might want to have as a discussion in a medical sense now, as opposed to it being a social thing, with Dr. Khosi Letlape. He is an ophthalmologist by training, but of course he's so much more than that, having established many medical institutions in this country, not least among them the South African the South African Medical Association, this is now 2006, harm reduction specifically is what we are talking about, and it speaks to the effects of whatever drug or recreational drug, if you want to be that specific, and reducing the harmful effects thereof. But specifically in this conversation now, we are focusing on smoking cigarettes, stroke, nicotine. After the break, that conversation continues. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhez on SAFM. Yeah, we're talking harm reduction approaches and the ethical or otherwise of alternatives to treatment. There's a strong advocacy voice coming through from Dr. Letlape, who, whose argument he will advance very shortly. Dr. Jose Letlape, of course, is the former president of the Health Professions Council of South Africa. He's an ophthalmologist by specialization. Of course, he is a general medical doctor, having attained his MBCHB, also talking about harm reduction and is a strong advocate thereof. Doc, here's something I just wish to read, and it's a statement attributed to you, and I think we're really getting into the meat of this discussion. It is unethical for us to deprive people of alternatives that are less harmful to their health, and tobacco is no exception. Just have a conversation with us in relation to that, because smokers will certainly be keen to hear what it is that you mean by that. What I mean by that is that, you know, the mantra that we grew up on, what we were taught uh, about smoking, was to tell people to quit. And, you know, it was a quit or die approach. Uh, and at that time, there was nothing, there were no alternatives. We were not even being taught properly about what nicotine means, the science of nicotine. And it was more like, you know, we were part of, of pilgrimage, part of dogma that just said, you know, if you're smoking, it's going to kill you. If you can't stop, it will kill you. Now, it is the correct advice of initial to say to a person, quit. But there are many that can't quit, as evidenced by the fact that we have 17 million people that smoke in South Africa, despite all the information and knowledge about the dangers of smoking. Mm. Then the next question is, what do you do with those that can't quit? Now, we're in a position where there are alternatives. So they can be told, if you can't quit, switch. But remember uh, that uh, even long ago, in the 80s, we started providing what we call nicotine replacement therapy, NRT. Because the medical profession recognized the fact that they want the nicotine. And there could be other ways of giving them the nicotine. Lozenges, you know, gum, and even medication like Shantix. So we've got nicotine replacement therapy and even countries where care is available to citizens, they have what they call smoking cessation clinics, where people will go through clinics and be assisted, be given the psychological support, the counseling needed to try and overcome the habit of smoking. Now, in South Africa, we know what our healthcare system is. Even in the private sector, then I'll teach you buy for yourself. There's no cessation clinics that are being offered or that are being paid for. From the cancer council, there's a few things that are being done in terms of uh, counseling for people. But still, with all those attempts, there are many people who can't quit. 
the relapse rate is too high. Now, come to science, things have changed. There's a, a pharmacist called Mr. Lee, who, whose father died from smoking, who was a heavy smoker, and he invented the e-cigarette because of a need he was addicted to the nicotine, and because of that necessity, the mother of invention, and he came up with modern e-cigarette. It has now evolved. There are now other things that have evolved. There's heat not been tobacco. Remember, the problem with cigarette is the combustion. When you burn the cigarette, you produce over 7,000 chemicals, some of which are carcinogenic. Let me just give you a practical example. Mm, mm. I, I I drink coffee. It's a stimulant. Mm. Can you imagine if we had to get the caffeine through smoking the coffee? What other damage would be doing to ourselves through inhalation? Because lungs are extremely sensitive organs, but you know they to get anything into the bloodstream quickly, you get it through inhalation. So a combustible cigarette is an effective delivery mechanism for nicotine. But it's the combustion that is the problem. So if you go to all the alternatives where you do not combust the cigarette, uh, the, the, the cigarette or the tobacco, those are less harmful than the combustible cigarette. And the key issue is that when people talk to you about the alternatives, they should compare the alternatives with the combustible cigarette as the reference point. I see. On that point, because we're talking about combustible cigarettes now, in 2000, 2001, there was a ban on smoking in public because the ongoing narrative, to the, to the extent that I can recall, and I was, what, a teenager of 16 years at the time, was that those who inhale secondary smoke are more harmfully impacted than those who actually smoke. How much truth is there to that now that our intelligence in relation to this matter is getting better all the time? And what kind of public health outcomes in the positive direction has that regulation yielded for public health in South Africa? I think there's no question about the fact that secondary smoke is a problem, particularly with combustible cigarettes. And, and that is something that was identified with combustible cigarettes. You know, the worst thing, I don't smoke, and I'm allergic to cigarette smoke. So the worst thing is sitting there and somebody smoking and you're just an innocent bystander, but you're also getting the dose. So that is a real problem. And the beauty is that a lot of the alternatives reduce or eliminate that. If you take snuff, for example, which is something that we have used, mm. snuff has got no secondary effect on bystanders. Because it, you, you put it into your mouth, there's nothing that is in the air, it does not contaminate the air, and you don't get secondary smoke for others who are not smoking. But there are other technologies that have evolved, heat not burned tobacco, where the tobacco is heated and not combusted. E-cigarettes that we've spoken about. Now, when you take snuff in particular, if you take Sweden, for example, they have done a lot of improvements on the snuff through processes called pasteurization, taking out the really harmful chemicals called nitrosamines from the snuff. They now take the loose tobacco and put it into a sachet, like a tea bag. Now, instead of swallowing or putting a moist 
tobacco into your mouth, you put this sachet between your lip and your gum. And it can stay there for an hour, and that's how you get your nicotine. When it is done, you take it out. There's no secondary air pollution. There's no secondary effects to others. But there are other things that sometimes we never talk about mm. in relation to combustible cigarettes. You know, the dangers of uh, accidental fires. They smell. You know, if you've ever lived with a smoker, you end up with all the effects, your clothes smell, etc., etc. With all these new technologies, all those other harmful effects are taken away. You know, the smell of living with a smoker. If you are living with somebody that uses combustible cigarettes, if they switch to some of these products, it's like manna from heaven for you. <laughs> I wonder who's listening and can actually relate with that manna from heaven statement from Dr. Jose Latlapa, who's then made the migration from traditional cigarettes to the alternatives. And one such alternative I want to have a conversation on because it's got serious uptake in this country, vape, vaping, electronic cigarettes. When you talk about alternatives, does this also form part of the alternative discussion? And in relation to that, as it pertains to regulation in South Africa, I know per se they do not form part of cigarettes as defined in the Tobacco Products Control Act. What are your thoughts in relation to whether or not they should increase or the span of the scope of cigarettes to include electronic cigarettes? Sir. I think you've got to have a new tobacco act that includes uh, traditional tobacco and all the other derivatives. But it has to be differential regulation. What I mean is we can't have an act for every product that comes along. Mm. You can't have an act for e-cigarettes. You can't have an act for heat not belt tobacco. You can't have an act for smokeless tobacco, snooze, or snuff. Currently, those snuff and combustible tobacco are around the same year. But what needs to happen going forward, we need to understand that this is not the 80s. This is 2020, and not all smokes are the same. And we need to be able to use science to tell which smoke is more harmful than which smoke, and what, are the, what is the impact of going smokeless or going heat not bad? What is the impact of not combusting? So they should all be in one bill, but the bill needs to be able to differentiate between the different products and the relative harms of the different products. And there should be proportionate regulation around those issues. But more importantly, we need to be able to educate smokers about the alternatives that are there so that they can make informed choices. If you look at what has happened in the, in the U.S., in the U.S., uh, there's a product called ICOS, which is a heat not burn product. It uses tobacco, but it does not combust it. It heats it, so it keeps it just below the combustion temperatures, and you get all the other rituals of smoking, getting your puff, getting your nicotine, without getting it to combustion. They have done toxicological analysis that shows that the chemical constituents of the aerosol produced from heat not burn is different from the aerosol produced by combustible cigarettes. Mm. Now the FDA has allowed them to be able to make a reduced exposure claim. That means if you switch from combustible cigarettes to heat not burn, you are reducing exposure to the harmful chemicals. Some of them are totally eliminated. Let me interrupt the you, please. Thing with, 
e-cigarettes, where you're basically using liquid um, nicotine, which is then banned with an electronic device. It's vaporized with an electronic device, and then you produce the vapor that you inhale. That's why the term vaping comes from, because the device vaporizes the liquid on that point into vapor. Would you then classify an electronic cigarette or vaping to be in the same market as a traditional cigarette? It appears as though, from my understanding of what you're saying, they wouldn't be in the same market because you're talking well, they, and they considering are different products. Remember that the the the, the source of nicotine is to, it's an extract of the tobacco itself. So it's extracted from mm, tobacco. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, and the other products like heat not band, mm-hmm. they still use a tobacco leaf that's processed differently. That is a product that can be heated and not combusted to give you your nicotine fix. So what you don't want, you don't want an act for every product that comes along. But you want an act that differentiates between the different products that are available. Just like traditionally, that act has seen the difference between combustible cigarettes and snuff, as you call it. Very well. There is one caller on the line. This is the first and only call of this segment. It's f- four minutes to go. So, Romeo, please try and make it snappy, Doc. Here's Romeo in Guazulu Natal. Yes, uh, good evening, my brother and your guest. How are you? Well, sir, please go ahead. Uh, we're fine. I need, I need, How are you, Romeo? Thank you. I need to ask you a question. I, I've never smoked in my life for as long as I remember. Neither also drinking alcohol, whether it is wine or whatever, anything in the form of alcohol. But I've got a problem. I used to have a problem of um, if someone is smoking, regardless that he is smoking or is not smoking, I could feel that this person is smoking. As a result, I would end up having a headache. In my uh, ten age, uh, 21 years and those years, I used to bleed if I smell smoking, but now it has stopped because I've been going through a lot of some, uh, going some medication over to that. To an extent that even alcohol, I cannot sleep with somebody who drinks or neither smoking. So I don't know what are the effects that that could be in my health, remaining just silent and not going to the doctors. I just having a smelling immediately after somebody smoked or even if I associate with them but at the end of the day sometimes I have a silent headache not much as what it used to be so I wanted to understand do I have got any serious situation to understand that I would need to be checked by the doctor because now I'm around over 50 Excellent. Thank you so much, Dr. Jose Letlape. That was Romeo and KZN. Unfortunately, guys, our WhatsApp facility is down, so all of those who had sent messages, unfortunately, I cannot get through to them. Yeah, challenges in the broadcasting space here and there, every now and then. Doc, your response, and this is going to be the final comment. Do we have two minutes left of the show, please? Yeah, to, to, to Romeo, you're in the same position as I am. I also can't stand smoke. I never used to be able to go to nightclubs until regulations about making them smoke through a late, then I was able to go because I have the same problem. You're just being allergic to the smoke 
It's just like if you're allergic to peanuts, you avoid them. If you're allergic to that, you just avoid it. And if I, I, I've booked into a hotel and they put me into a room where a smoker had been there and I slept in the foyer because I couldn't sleep. That's how it affects me. But one thing that we always have to remember is that smokers are human too. So are there no grudge against smokers? It just doesn't suit me. There are people that it suits. So I avoid that. And, and I will always, I've always, even in the old ages, I used to book a non-smoking seat. And you'll find smokers sitting in non-smoking and coming back to the smoking section to come and smoke on us. It's just an unpleasant to be in a place. Now, with all this restriction that has come, the environment is hospitable for all of us. It's enjoyable for all of us. So you just need to avoid places that smoke because you react to the smoke, and that's not going to, to change. So as long as you can avoid that, you don't have a medical condition that needs to be treated. Yeah. Doc, what I propose is perhaps to make this somewhat more of a recurring arrangement with you because when you talk about harm reduction, there's a strong implication in public health, more especially when the public health care system has been challenged as it has. I don't know when you can return. Perhaps the producers will have that conversation with you, but I was really getting into the groove, and unfortunately time is an enemy. Well, I'm I'm happy to do that, but what I'm also happy to do is Mm. maybe we should take a session to complete this so I can give you the toxicological analysis Mm, mm, mm. of what is the constituent of the smoke from combustible cigarettes, what are the chemicals produced by heat not band, what are the chemicals produced by e-cigarettes, how do they differ, and the different harmful chemicals, the carcinogens, how are they reduced? Things like carbon monoxide, what are the differences between the two? How was uh, the snuff called smooth and uh, ICOS, uh, heat not band product, given the license to make a claim of reduced exposure? Yeah, absolutely. I fully agree with that because this alternative discussion certainly can grow some legs. It should grow legs because we are ultimately advocating for harm reduction. But for now, that's the show. Dr. Josele Tlape, ophthalmologist and harm reduction advocate, as well as activist in his time in the political space. Thank you so much, sir, for your time. The main important thing that the people need to participate on is the fact that when you look at combustible cigarettes, the biggest component of the price is tax. So we need a different taxation regime for the other product. Very well. That's it. Thank you so much.